after my surgery, Zach had put on his Instagram story, the one who I met in Houston, hey, I need a vid videographer to come with me to LA for five days. And mind you, I was like a week or two out of surgery in no place to be doing anything but recovering. I'm like, hey, man, I'd love this opportunity. And he's like, awesome. He's like, you know, well, why should I choose you? Because like, you know, I have two other guys that are a lot more experienced. And I'm like, I'll work harder than both of them combined. And he's like, awesome. He's like, cool. He's like, can you find a way down here to LA in the next two days? I'm like, yep. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Super More Bros Podcast, hosted by your favorite brother duo. I'm Mitch. And I'm Matt where each week we bring you a dope guest or equip you with the skills to live life at the highest level. Hey, what's going on? It's Matt. Before we dive into this episode, just wanted to ask a quick favor. If you could just go drop us a review, it'll take 30 seconds and it'll mean the world to us. It'll help us grow and help as many people as possible. All right, now let's dive into this one. What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Super More Bros podcast. Today, we got somebody you may have not seen on the Twitter space. You definitely know him from Instagram if you follow him over there. But um, one of the best videographers I've ever seen. What's up, dude? Rico, welcome to the pod, man. What's up, man? I have to just preface to anyone listening. I, <laughs> Mitch was like, bro, if you want to intro it, go ahead. I'm like, wait, you want me to intro it? And <laughs> I didn't realize he had to pass it over to Matt. So totally uh, made a rookie move, but I'm glad to be here. <laughs> well, it's all good, bro. Intro. We're, we're, yeah, we're a laid back podcast. You know how it goes. We're good. Just a combo here. Yeah. Laid back. Uh, but we're going to dive right into it, dude. I love so, it. Let's do it. I'm curious, man. Take us through what does it mean to be a fucking shark? I So I actually have – oh, you can't see it on the screen. I have a sign. Um, it literally says – hang on. I'm going to rotate it and see if you can see that. There you go. You see it says right hey. there. Um, so that's my sign that and kind of my motto of be a fucking shark. And what essentially be a fucking shark means is I – so let me, let me preface the story. So um, – when I was working with uh, Jordan Syatt, who at the time was Gary Vee's trainer, and Gary Vee had a videographer named Tyler Bavin who was on his team. And so Tyler, he posted a video, I, it was around October, I believe, of 2019 uh, on his Instagram. And the video was just talking about, it was a Monday, and it was just talking about how it's Monday and sharks don't really care about it being Monday. They're just, they're, they're, being, they're out there being a shark. And I'm like, I like that. I'm like, be a fucking shark, right? And I'm like, but 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 why do we have to only focus on Monday? I'm like, why can't we be a fucking shark every day, right? And so I'm like, be, I'm like, that's my motto. Now. I'm like, be a fucking shark. And so everything I do is aligned with being a fucking shark. Anything, and this is for everyone. Like you can apply this to anything in life. Whether you're uh, going out to the gym, whether you're going out for a run, whether you're going to do laundry, like even the most minute little tasks, like just attack it like a fucking shark would. And oh by the way. Sharks don't worry about the other opinions of the other fucking fish in the sea, right? And so they're, they're too busy being themselves, being a fucking shark. The other beauty that I love of it is sharks physically can't swim backwards or they will die. What a great metaphor for life, right? So meaning wow. if you do need to go backwards, you still have to be in a forward motion going forward and making progress. So whatever that is in life, whether you're someone who even you feel like you're taking a step back or you're moving backwards in life, you're, t you're still moving forward, right? One of my great, one of my favorite quotes ever too, from uh, Mike, the situation from Jersey shore is a <laughs> slingshot is not a setback, but a setup. Amen. Okay. Amen I, see to that. I see it. 
I love it, man. So, and I definitely love that's that what it means to be a fucking shark. You touched on the opinion of other people. Sharks don't give a fuck. And that's definitely something I want to get to. But first, man, I want to talk about your forward progress in your life. So take us back to seems like a low point, um, 2016. Take us back to what was that time like? Kind of paint the picture for us then. Yeah, man. Um, so around that time in my life, I was um, I, I wouldn't even say 2016. So I'm I'm 26 right now, and um, I would say 2018 is when I um, went to college, right? And so during that time is obviously graduated high school, um, and. I enrolled at DePaul University in Chicago, and that's when I wanted to be a a doctor. I'm like, I'm going to become a pediatrician, and like, this is going to be my my life. Like, I'm going to be a doctor, right? I'm going to make four hundred thousand dollars a year. Like, then I'll I'll get back to that. Um, but like, that was a benchmark for my father of like, you know, you're going to be a doctor and everything. And even at 17, I got my certified nursing assistant license, and so like, the whole path was pretty much mapped out for me and designed for me. And my my dad like had my grad school that I was going to go to my medical school and everything after DePaul and like the whole trajectory was planned out. And, you know, I, I went through the motions of going through chemistry, by the way, anyone listening, if you love chemistry, amazing. I fucking hate it. And I went to labs and everything. And there was one night where I was just walking and it was, I remember vividly it was on a Monday. It was after, it was after labs and I was going to the gym because I just love going to the gym after labs. Cause it was a stressful day on Monday, typically. And I saw a piece of content from Gary Vee and the piece of content read, I would rather you spend the next two to three years doing what you want to do and not appeasing your parents versus the next 80 doing what they want to do, they, doing what they want you to do, resenting them. And that hit me. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, that's literally what I'm doing. I'm like, I am going down the path of, I feel like I'm going to resent my parents because everyone and anyone in my father's circle and uh, my family referred to me as Enrico, the doctor. I'm like, I'm 18 years old. I'm like, I am the furthest from a doctor, but it was being built up to be that. Right. And, (laughs) and it was funny just because it's like at such a young age, there's so much expectation already set. And I'm like, at the same time though, I'm not enjoying this anymore. Like this isn't for me. Like this isn't something that I want to do. And I, I had to make a decision because I'm like, am I going to continue doing what my father wants me to do or do what I want to do? Right. And so sophomore year, um, after, after my first year of college, um, I decided to drop my major and do something new. And it was a completely scary time because I'm like, I had to tell my father, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm like, I'm doing this for you. And he's like, cool. Mind you, my, my Italian father, I'm 93% Italian. I even wear the chains and everything. Yes, it's legitimate. Um, he was like, okay, cool. So what are you going to do now? I'm like, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. Right? Like, just give me a year at least. Let me kind of just figure it out. Because again, from an immigrant father who was like, why are we keeping you in school to pay $50,000 for you to figure it out? Right? And I'm like, that's fair. I'm like, just give me a year. I will figure it out. And so that during that time, like, mind you, um, it was a dark fucking year for me because I had completely lost all sense of identity of who I was, right? When you are built up as a doctor, when you're built up as someone who like you should be something, and maybe anyone listening to this can relate to this, like when you've had this idea or this perception of this version of yourself that you're supposed to be, and you're no longer that, like you're stripped of complete identity. You're like, oh my God, who am I? And at such a young age, I was like now 20, like 19, 20 years old. And I'm like, oh my God, like, 
who am I now? Right. I'm like, I don't know who I am, but I knew who I didn't want to be. And that's important too to understand is when you do, when, when you go through life and this is for anyone, when you go through life doing certain things that you don't want to do, maybe you don't fully understand what it is that you do want to do, but at least you've checked off boxes of like, cool, this is something that definitely does not serve me. And it's going to get me closer and closer to where I want to be. So at that time, um, I was living in Chicago in my apartment. And like I said, this was like a really, really dark time for me. And I had just kind of reached a, essentially like a breaking point. And that's when I attempted suicide because I had reached a point to where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I feel like I let my parents down. I will never be able to surmount anything that my family wants me to become. And that's why I have this tattoo on my inner wrist that says Forza. It's F-O-R-Z-A. And in Italian, it means strength. And every single time for me, and it's, it's specifically there for a reason. Um, and for me, every single time, that's something for me to look at, to be like, you know what, like you're, you're strong, like you got this, like no matter what it is. And it's always just a great little nudge for me to know like where I've come from and to have that always be there if something as to like, whenever shit gets tough, I'm like, it's never this tough. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Like anything that I have that's difficult now, I'm like, I would take that 10 times out of 10. And so that was really like a tipping point for me because I'm like, cool, now what do I got to, now what am I going to do? That's when I really leaned on fitness and this is where everything starts to change. That's when I was watching YouTube more. I was watching Christian Guzman, uh, Max Tuning, and I really related to Christian specifically because I'm like, hey, if he can get out of school and if he can make something for himself, I'm like, fuck it, so can I. You know what I mean? And you, you boys are both smiling because like, I'm sure you can relate <laughs> to this too. And like yes. Christian was a huge influence for me and it made it real when I was even able to meet him and stuff. And so I was just watching his vlogs and I'm like, man, like I want to do this vlogging thing. I'm like, I feel like I could do this. And at the time I was filming myself on my phone on Snapchat, just giving like work, workout tips, workout advice and whatnot. And didn't really make sense. I'm just like, yeah, I'm doing fasted cardio today and yada, yada, not knowing what the hell I was talking about, but I was just documenting my journey. And, uh, my girlfriend at the time was like, why don't you like film yourself on YouTube? And I'm like, it's a great idea. And so that weekend I had made enough money to save up for, that I made from the gym that I was working at, at my school, my school's uh, rec center. And I went to Best Buy and I bought a GoPro. My first ever camera was a GoPro three, right? And I started filming myself in the gym. <laughs> I thought I was like the coolest kid. I'm like, look at these, like these little edits that I was making, like these, these filming montages, like I'm vlogging myself on my GoPro. And that was the start of it. Saved up, saved up enough money to then uh, upgrade to getting a Canon T5i with a Rode shotgun microphone. Now I was an official vlogger. I'm like, I legit look like Christian and Max. Um, <laughs> but the whole time I was just documenting my, my journey in college, just documenting my, my fitness journey, documenting my um, life in college, like just me figuring it out, right? And all through YouTube. And I was enjoying it more than anything. Like I would literally skip class to go film videos. I would literally go, go skip class to go film a part for my vlog or to go get a time-lapse because at the time I was also watching Casey Neistat, who was a great YouTuber and a phenomenal storyteller. And I'm like, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to go film a, a, a B-roll segment of a time-lapse instead of going to fucking economics class, right? <laughs> and I'm like, because I enjoyed it more. Like, I enjoyed that more than getting lectured because I could be creative myself and I could, I could make my own path not having it be told to me, right? And... And that was something for me that like, I just kept building on, building on. And this was also another pivotal moment when Christian, he had his first ever summer shredding competition in Houston, right? And it was March. And I remember I'm like, I'm going to do this. 
And, and at the end of it, at the end of the 90 days, you would go down to Houston. If you could make it, you could, you'd fly down, like you'd celebrate with everyone who competed in the summer shredding and just hang out with everybody. And so I did it. And I went down to Houston and like, I met up with other people that I followed. I met up with my coach at the time, um, David, who I was working with. And like, I met Christian, I met Max and like, it was, just, it was a really cool moment. Cause I'm like, wow, like all you people like helped me like get through college and just kind of vlog and film myself and whatnot. And I met a man there named Zach Rushlow, who on Instagram is the flexible dieting lifestyle. And so Zach makes a lot of recipes that would be deemed as unhealthy. And he puts a spin on it to make them more macro friendly to be higher protein, lower in carbs, fats, whatever, but like they're enjoyable to eat. Right. And so I had known of him and we just exchanged pleasantries and he's like, Hey man, send me a DM that we met. And like, I'll send you a free cookbook. And he did. He sent me a free cookbook and I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. And so went back to Houston, uh, went back to Chicago at the time. And a month later, I had to have hip surgery because I tore my hip labral from squatting and years of being overweight with soccer. And so I had to have that done. After my surgery, Zach had put on his Instagram story, the one who I met in Houston, hey, I need a vid videographer to come with me to LA for five days. And mind you, I was like a week or two out of surgery in no place to be doing anything but recovering. I'm like, hey, man, I'd love this opportunity. And he's like, awesome. He's like, you know, well, why should I choose you? Cause like, you know, I have two other guys that are a lot more experienced and I'm like, I'll work harder than both of them combined. And he's like, awesome. He's like, cool. He's like, can you find a way down here to LA in the next two days? I'm like, yep. So I flew down to LA and filmed with him for five days. And that turned into me moving to Austin, Texas from Chicago to working with Zach full time. And through working with Zach, um, I've met a lot of incredible people. I was able to meet Jordan Syatt, who was Gary V's videographer and or uh, Gary V's trainer. And after my time working with Zach, um, I moved back to Chicago after a year of working together, did some more freelance stuff. But Jordan was looking for a videographer and I had known of him and we had known each other for a little bit. And uh, he put on his story too. It was around September. So around this time, um, but like three years ago, and in, no, actually four years ago, in 2018, he was like, I need a videographer, um, yada, yada. And I'm like, Hey man, I'd love this opportunity. He's like, well, someone before you already applied, I'm going to give him 90 days. If it does not work out, I will call you. I vividly remember December 1st, I was at Lifetime Fitness in Schaumburg, Illinois. I get a call on my phone. It says Jordan Syatt. I'm like, the fuck's he calling me for? I'm like, what is he? He's like, Hey bro. I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, you want to move to New York city? I'm like, <laughs> yep. He's like, are you sure? He's like, you can think about it. Like you can take the time. I'm like, nope. I'm like, there's no need to think. I'm like, let's do it. And he's like, okay. And what's funny is like two weeks later, I went out to New York city just to kind of film with him for the weekend to hang out. Um, and then a week and a half after that, I moved my entire life to a, a sketchy apartment in Chinatown with seven other people to live in New York city. And so that, oh, that, trans that, that, essentially was me um, working with Jordan for the next two years, which was even a more surreal experience because the times that I've met Gary and when I got to tr meet Gary for the first time, I'm like, I'm like, Oh shit. I'm like, this is real. I'm like, you have no idea, but like your one piece of content literally changed my entire life. And I wouldn't be here right now if you didn't put that piece of content out. And that obviously after, after working with, with Jordan, um, for two years, uh, moved on to doing my own thing, which is where I'm at now. And I work with several other clients in the fitness industry and I help them do the exact same thing I've done with Jordan and Zach and, um, help them build their presence online and get them, um, 
more followers, make them more money, um, increase their presence and um, everything else. So that's essentially the life story in a nutshell. That is a monumental story, man. And you just ran through that so fast, but there is so much to unpack in that story, bro. Like, sheesh, the amount of courage and the amount of times that you just said yes and figured it out um, is absolutely incredible. So I, I'm curious, you know, the first thing that took courage was having the conversation with your parents of like, hey, you know, medical, medical school isn't for me. I'm done with this. You know, you're essentially shattering their dreams of your future. And so could you describe just one, what you felt like when you finally realized like, this isn't my path. This is my parents' path. Like, what were you feeling? How did you come across that? I know the Gary Vee video was huge. And then also, how did you build up the courage to be able to have that conversation with your parents? Because there are so many people that we've talked to. My brother's had this experience and there's many people listening, I'm sure, that are in a similar situation and don't have the balls to do it. So what gave you that courage? Yeah. So I'll start with the first part where it was more like, what did you realize was like the tipping point to when I had that conversation? Mm -hmm. And I think it was like what I, what I alluded to, to where it's like when anyone and everyone comes up to you and it's like, Oh my God, like you're Enrico, like the doctor, like, Oh my gosh, like that's amazing. And I'm like, yeah, like it's cool, but I'm like, I'm not really a doctor yet. And it's like, like no, no, no disrespect, but I'm just like, don't call me that yet when I'm not that right. Because there's are, there are people that are doctors and I'm like, they've been through years of schooling. I'm, I'm an 18 year old kid who has been built up as one. I am not one. Right. And so when I'm realizing that it's becoming more of other people's excitement and my father's like looking into colleges for me and like doing all this, it loses its value. Right. It's almost like, I, I like to use this example. It's almost like when you like for like, when, when you get a gift from someone, right, like you value it, but you really don't. Versus like if, if, if you bought yourself a, I, I have a, I have a MacBook, like a wonderful Mac studio, like a computer. If someone gifted that to me, I wouldn't value it as much as if I bought it myself. Right. Because it came from me because it's my thing. I put my own money into it. I put my own time into it. I'm invested into it. Thus I will take care of it more when it's your own dream. When it's your own thing, you will care about it more when it's your parents dream. You won't. Right. And that's the big, that was the big switch where I'm like, this is more of my father's thing and more of my parents' thing to where they care about it more than me and no disrespect to them at all. They care more about my dream of being a doctor than I do. They're more invested. So if I go through with it, I will be fulfilling their dream, not mine. And I'm like, hang on, I want to be able to do something that I'm happy with because at the end of the day, it's my life. Right. And so then to touch on your second point, to really like, how'd you have that conversation? Dude, I remember pacing back and forth in my apartment and I was like, how am I going to tell my dad this? Like I literally had to go to my, my guidance counselor at the time um, who was like in charge of like all my classes and everything. And I was just like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. And she obviously like had to talk me off a ledge a couple of times. Like, <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure? Like, you know, what I'm like, yeah, I'm really sure. Like, I don't want to do this, you know? And I did that first. Because I would, because if I didn't do that, I feel like my father would have talked me off of like, no, like, okay, you, you know, you, you didn't drop out of class, but no, I went to my guidance counselor and I'm like, I'm going to do this right now for me. I'm making a decision for me and I'm not going to continue with this because then I can go to my father and tell him it's already done. Right. As opposed to, well, I didn't do it yet. I'm thinking about it. Yada, yada. And then we weigh out mm. options versus like, no, it's done. Right. And that was the big, that was the big leverage point for me is that like, I'm making my own decision here. And this doesn't mean I love you any less. This doesn't mean I think of you differently. 
It's that I need to love myself more and I need to care more about what I want to do. And so it's tough, right? Like it's tough talking to a father who only came to this country with $2,000 and built a business for himself and is doing very well and has a son that's now being rebellious of not wanting to go to college and do his own thing. Like, who the fuck am I? Right. But it's like, who the fuck am I to do then what he wants to do and resent him for the next 80 years and the rest, eight, however, however fucking long I live. Like, that's mm -hmm. not fair to him then. Like, he came to this country because he did what he wanted to do. So it's my, it's my obligation to do what I want to do and be thankful for him coming here and even having me as a son. And that's the respect that I owe him is to make myself proud, right? And so that's a deeper conversation. But um, just even having that conversation with him, like, it was tough because I'm just like, Dad, listen, I, I don't want to do this anymore. And I will say, like, Gary was right. Like, it was weird the next two to three years of my dad because every single time he always reminded me, you can always go back. You can always go back. You can always go back. I'm like, yep. I'm like, you know what, dad? I can always go back in 10 years from now. I'm like, I could do everything wrong until I'm 31 years old and still be young as shit. That's the one thing that Gary helped me with is that like my perspective of time, right? I see so many kids now. They're like 23 years old. And they're having two kids. I'm like, you guys have so much time. I'm like, go do you like go explore more shit. Like you have so much time, right? Like, the reason I say that is because like, I think we're all, we're all accustomed to like this, this, this life of like, go to college, go get a job and start to have kids and get married and do all this before you're like fucking 28 years old. I'm like, on whose timeline? Like the world's? I'm like, who? Like that's, that's society's timeline that you think has to be fucking portrayed onto you. And when you break out of that, it's so freeing. Like I'm 26, have no kids. I don't plan on having kids anytime soon. And guess what? If everything goes to shit in the next year, two, three years, whatever, I still have time. And guess what? I will figure it the fuck out just like I did before. Again, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm, but what I'm saying is like, give yourself, like expand your timeline on things. And that for me is what helped with talking to my dad is I'm like, you know what, dad, I could go back in 10 years from now. If whatever I want to do doesn't work right. Then, then you're right. And now whenever we talk, he's just like, are you okay? Like, did you eat today? I'm like, yep. He's like, how's, how's like filming going? How's like traveling going and everything? I'm like, it's good. He's like, okay. And he's proud of me for that. Like the first time my dad ever right. told me that he was proud of me, like seeing what I do now, I'm like, that's fucking cool. Right. Mm. And I'm like, and I'm like the whole fucking $400,000 a year as a doctor thing, dad. I'm like, you can do that doing what I do right now, holding a stupid fucking camera. I'm like, I can do all that. Right. And I'm like, but at the end of the day, guess what? Like all the things that I thought that he cared about, like the, the, the six figure, uh, like status, the status of actually being a doctor, that doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't. Doesn't fucking matter, dude. I love that. And the important point is, is that when he did finally tell you that he was proud of you, it was, he was proud of you for something that you did. So you actually felt that feeling or that fulfillment of him telling you he's proud of you. If he would have said that when you became a doctor, graduated medical school, you would have felt empty. You would have felt absolutely empty. So um, just props to you, man, for, for standing up for what you want and taking the chance to do that. I mean, I really think the big lesson is one, you kind of burnt the ships, you know, you went yeah. and canceled, all, you went and canceled all your classes before having that conversation. It's like, if you have a dream that you, you know, something that you want to do, you shouldn't go to people that you know are going to just come back with negativity and try to talk you out of it. Like, 
protect it in the beginning, protect your dream in the beginning. And you did that by just saying, fuck this, you know, I'm canceling it. And then I'll go talk to him because he's not going to talk me out of this. Um, so talk to us more about the feelings leading up, you know, that conversation was your first step of courage, but then also you go down, you meet, um, Zach, and then you're, you know, get the opportunity with Jordan. Like you're saying yes, before you're ready. There are so many people that we talk to, and I'm sure you see this all the time that, you know, they have another podcast, a book, a conference to go to. They need to learn more. They need to figure this out before they're willing to start. Like you were just like, yeah, dude, I'll be there two days. Like you just get uprooted your whole life. You had just bought your first camera and jumped into this. Like what were the feelings around that? And how did you know that you were going to come out on the other side, you know, successful with it? I love this question. And the perfect answer to this is A, there is none, but B is that I had just done the most scary thing possible. And that is confronting my father that I don't want to be a doctor anymore. And anything else I'm like, this isn't scary. I'm like, what, moving to Austin? That's not scary to me. Like, uh, oh, cool. Like, I don't, and, and oh, mind you, when I worked with Zach, like, he had a totally different camera than I did, and he wanted me to use his because it was nicer quality. I had to figure that all out on my own. But guess what? I'm like, you know what? If I can confront the most scariest thing that I thought was terrifying in my life, I can figure everything else out, right? I got through that. I got through the hard part already. I, I already won. I, I already got through the checkpoint, right? Like, for me, that was the most terrifying part of my life at that time, right? And I'm like, anything else now that I do, I'm like, that's not scary. It's almost like the the, the metaphor of, um, I don't even know if this is a metaphor, but like when when you're when you're scared to do something at first, then any other action you take after that, like what you had thought was scary, like five years like five years ago, you're like, I thought that was petrifying. Like, for example, if someone were to like, obviously, if everything checked out and it was perfect if someone's like rico like you want to move to dubai yep let's do it like if everything checked out perfectly fine right now for me like five years ago i'd probably be like you're stupid for thinking i'd move to dubai but i also probably would have thought five years ago like you're insane for thinking i would move to austin and new york city by myself but moving to dubai now is not scary for me like that's not like anywhere honestly i don't care where it is like that doesn't scare me like none of that scares me and the reason is because uh, you have, like you said, like you have to take that first action, like, which often for most people is the thing that cripples them the most, whatever that first action is, I don't care whether that's making a video, whether that's talking with your parents, whether that's having an honest conversation with your spouse, like having that, that first level of honesty and action, like is the scariest fucking thing ever. But I promise you that is something that is probably keeping people chained to the jail of their own fucking mind. And when you release that, the world's free. Love it. Absolutely. Love it. God, I'm fired up. Um, Quick point that I wanted to make was that the perspective you have on these new opportunities is because of you took the first one and it fucking worked out because you bet on yourself every single time. Like you took that first jump to i think vegas it was when he just needed somebody to come film him you're like two days i'm there you know you, you just got down to vegas like every single time you've taken that fucking jump you've bet on yourself you believe in yourself and it makes it easier to take that next jump and i i think people are always realizing with like entrepreneurship or whatever it is they think it's going to be these constant fucking mountains like if there's a mountain in front of me like what's going to be past that mountain no if you clear that first fucking mountain like you're talking about with 
talking to your dad, the rest is not necessarily coasting or easy. It's going to be fucking hard, but it doesn't look as stacked against you as you might think down the road. And I know I experienced a very similar story to you with talking to my parents about, I just didn't go to college at all. Um, I actually moved up in with him to Indianapolis and joined a gym. And so I had a very similar, similar experience. And they both just said right back to me, you're not going to be successful. Like they just said yeah. that. Um, but what really helped me with that is like, I can put myself in their shoes. Like their perspective is that me going to college, like that's, that's the best thing for my life. Like that's what they truly believe. They didn't see a path of doing what I'm doing now, or you know, I'm sure your parents didn't see the path of doing what you're doing. Like doctor is one of the best paths, according to society, the best path anyone could take. So they wanted what was best for you. So I just, I love that you hit all that. I've been kind of sitting on all that, but you got some. No, but, but, but the thing is too, and it's like, they don't know any better. Cause it's like, that's what's secure, right? I think yeah. in society and in, in, in today's day and age, we go to what's most secure, right? And the risk is minimal. I fully fucking disagree. I think you should completely go to where there's all the risk and where there's complete uncertainty because that's where you find the magic of everything, right? It's, 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 dude, man, it's like, it's, it's the exact same thing. Like, this is why I alluded to in the beginning where I'm like, I don't relate to my generation. I can't, I, I, I genuinely can't like with, with the thought process, with the, the, beliefs some people have with just the way some people live their life i'm like i i i just i don't relate to you and mind you like that's totally okay right like i will find my people right that's why we're on this podcast is because there's certain people in life that you won't relate to and that's fine and um not saying you have to cut them out not saying that you have to fully get rid of them um just you, you don't want to be like them. That's totally okay. Like that, that's where like I, I go on Facebook and I'm like, I see like so many people that I went to high school with and I'm like, man, I remember all you motherfuckers who were like shitting on everything. And like, you had your own clicks, you had your own, whatever, like you, like you were all cool and whatnot. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, but you're in my messages asking for help on shit and everything. And, and, and mind you like totally cool. Right. But like, understand that like when you are going down a path that is, very not not that that is what's it what's it called um that the, the path that's like least taken right you're probably gonna get a lot of people that are gonna hate you and won't agree with you and be like i don't know about it like i'm gonna warn you you probably shouldn't cool like i'm gonna do it anyways and guess what if i mess up if i fail i will own that shit that's why i told my dad right before I'm, where i'm like dad give me a year to figure this out and guess what if i mess up in 10 years you're right i will go back to school cool that's on me but at least let me try and that's the one thing is not many people are willing to try anything, anything in this day and age. I work with a lot of fitness coaches, right? Like every single one of them is petrified to post content on the internet. You're like, why? Because they care what the other coach is going to think of them. And I tell them, I'm like, hang on. Are they the ones paying you money? No. Okay, cool. So why do you care what they think? Oh, because your ego cares because you want the validation from them that you're a really good coach, right? That you know what you're talking about, that you're smart, that you can help people. Got it. I will remind you, are they the ones paying you? No. Cool. So the people that you need to actually speak to and care about are the clients that need your help the most. It's Betty who is 75 pounds overweight. And if she doesn't lose that weight by next year, she can't be there for her three fucking kids. So you speaking to other coaches doesn't fucking matter, right? But you're scared about what they think. Got it. You not posting content on the internet is fucking selfish because you're not helping Betty who needs your help.
right? That's how I like to think about it. So when you get the idea of other people's opinions out of your head, I know going down a whole nother rabbit hole, it's fucking freeing. Absolutely. You know, it goes back to the idea of leaders will always be misunderstood. Like, you know, whether or not you're, you're leading the people around you, you know, no matter what you're doing. And if someone in your network or in your circle hasn't done what you, you are doing, you will be misunderstood. Like they will not understand what you're doing, but you also, like you said, won't understand their path. Like you just can't understand how they can just stay where they are. And um, yeah, man, I, I, I love that. Oh, you were saying how you don't believe the same things as the people from high school or whatever. Like what is the number one belief you would say you have that differs from everyone that you may have grown up with or just in our generation? I, I, man, I, I honestly think it's the, like kind of what I alluded to before to where it's like, you have to follow the traditional American life of go to college, go to school. And like that school is the ticket to everything. You go to college and college is the ticket to whatever you want to do in the world. Right. And I say that in the, the tone that I did, because it's like, everyone puts it on such a pedestal. It is 2022. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't want to be a lawyer and you don't want to be a doctor, right? Like, cause those are, those are fields that I would agree. Like you have to follow the textbook to do that. College is no longer the ticket for you to do what you want in this world. Right. And so I think when most people do that, when they're like, well, I'm going to go to high school then I'm going to go to college, I'm going to get a good job. And then I'm going to find a spouse, uh, one who I fucking don't even like, but I have to find one because that's what society tells me. And we're always going to fight because, uh, what I know is arguments from my, uh, my childhood with my parents and that's how marriage has to be. Right. And you do all the exact same bullshit that everyone else does. Right. And, and I always say this, if you want to be like everyone else, you can be a liar. If you want to be like everyone else, cheat. If you want to be like everyone else, be dishonest. Cool. Like if you want to be different, do different fucking things, right? Like have different actions. And so when it comes to like the number one thing, man, it's just, it's just following the exact, like, it's just following the fucking herd of sheep that everyone acts like. Right. And it's like, be a different fucking human being, right? Stop being a little fucking guppy in the ocean, swimming away getting eaten by all the other animals, be a fucking apex predator like a fucking shark. And oh, by the way, don't worry about the other opinions of the fish in the sea because they don't matter. Oh, dropping the fucking heat out here. It takes a sip of coffee. I, <laughs> I, I love it, man. I love it. Uh, it's, actually, it's actually water, um, but no, there's no coffee in here. I have my espresso in the morning. There you go. There yeah. you go. No, I love that. I love that, man. That's absolutely fucking heat. So um, yeah, I appreciate that. You, you just sharing your story. Yeah, uh, so, so now you're, you're doing videography for fitness coaches. Like how did you decide to, to niche down onto fitness coaches? Was it just like, oh, you know, I found these opportunities with Zach and Jordan. So like just kind of fell into it or was like, you know, did you decide to dive into that? Because there's a lot of people, uh, business owners or new business owners that are scared to kind of say no to a segment of the market, I guess, and be like, no, this is who I work with. And this is why, like, did you decide that for yourself? Did you fall into it? Like, how did you land on that? Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, I'm really happy you brought that up. It, it's funny. Like I've, and, and I want to relate to what you just said, where it's like, um, a lot of business owners probably feel like they should, you know, go into multiple avenues and like, how do you, you know, I don't, I don't even say niche, niche down. I, I don't even say that. I just, I love the fitness community so much that I don't want to leave it. Like, I don't ever say niche down. I have such a mission that I want to be the only person that people go to in the fitness space for content. That's it. I want to be the guy, 
and I, I partially feel like I am, but I never want to have that ego because I always want to be chasing like higher, right? Because if I'm ever like, nope, I'm the guy, I'm going to be complacent, I'm going to chill, right? Versus like, nope, I always want to prove myself and I always want to like get better. I always want to like up my skills. I always want to do one more, whatever that is, right? And so I want to be the guy that people go to for anything and everything fitness related content, um, social media, um, strategy, if they want the, the captions on their videos, anything, right? That's me. I want to be that guy because I know this industry so well. I know the space so well. I know the, the things that most coaches struggle with. I know the things that coaches um, struggle communicating with. And, and I, can, I can pick it apart like that and I can understand like, cool, let's just make this one little switch and it changes the entire world for you, the entire game, right? And it's like that for me is so rewarding because I know the language, right? There's a language within the fitness community and like um, how people say certain things. And, you know, like it, it's funny, like some coaches will be so smart and like, well, you know, just when you're doing a deadlift, you want to make sure you want to have intra-abdominal pressure. And I'm like, people don't know what that means. Like Betty, again, using that as a reference, she doesn't know what that means. But if you tell her, hey, fill your tummy with air before you deadlift, oh, she knows what that means, right? Those little things like that where I'm like, make those little switches that a lot of you probably are saying, but again, you get in your own way because you think you need to sound smart to all the other coaches when in reality, they're not paying you. So for me, the fitness industry is always something that I will have an allegiance to because it's something that kind of fucked me in, in, in a food relationship way. Um, but it's something that I, I love. And I say that because I had a really bad relationship with intermittent fasting. And I, like I talked about before, like I was really overweight when I played soccer and I, I leaned out a little bit when I got to my varsity year. Um, and when I got to college, I had such a terrible relationship with it because I wanted to like see how far I could push limits of intermittent fasting of like, you know, this is the way to lose fat and this is the, the perfect diet to, you know, restrict calorie. It's just a form of calorie control, right? At the end of the day, be in a calorie deficit and you will lose weight, right? Burn more than you consume. For me, it was a way to restrict food and it was a way for me to mentally have a hold on myself, right? Because I'm like, if I can restrict calories, if I can like control when I eat food, I'm like, I can do anything. And it was fucked up because it's like, it led me to just binging on certain days and even fasting for 40, 48 hours. Like there was one time I fasted for 44 hours and I did it to kind of prove like, oh, I can, I can fast for almost two days. Thus I need to make up for that the next day. Right. And so it was just a glorified binge. It was just a glorified binge eating. And I remember I vividly logged and I still have it on here. Um, in my phone, I want to see if I can see the date. It was like August of like eight, nine years ago where I, I logged every single food that I ate because I'm like, I'm going to just go all out. I'm not going to care. I'm going to eat whatever I want, but I earned this, right? And so for me, that was something that I have never been able to let go yet still, right? I'm, I'm a lot better with my food and my nutrition and just like how I eat and how I, you know, understand it all. Um, but I still have those tendencies. Like when, when it gets stressful, when things get stressful in life, I subconsciously go back to it because it's what I know, because it's what I know when things are out of control, what can I control? My food, right? And how I am on myself. And it's interesting because it's like most people struggle with food, right? Whether you're in the fitness industry or not, like everyone struggles with food. I'm Italian. That's something we, we, we get together with on every fucking Sunday is food, Right. And it sucks when I go to my grandmother's house when I'm intermittent fasting and I'm like, hey, no, no, I can't eat this. 
And she's like confused. And I'm like, well, because I have to eat, I have to stop eating at 8 PM. And it's tough to say that to her because I'm going to look back in 10 years from now when, you know, knock on wood, um, if she passes and I'm like, I didn't get to spend that meal with her because I was worried about fucking intermittent fasting and eat and stop eating at 8 PM. Right. And it's like the fitness industry for me has given so much to me in terms of knowledge and understanding, like you don't have to intermittent fast. You can do this. And there's so much help out there. There's also so much misinformation out there that I want to help coaches, uh, work through and help their potential clients, like to be able to see that they are the right person to, to, to go with. Right. Um, and so it's just like, a, a, a industry that for me, um, taught me so much about what not to do has also taught me a lot about what to do. And it's something that I, to your point, um, not that I won't ever leave it, but it's just something that I know so, so well. And I want to be the only person that people go to. Hey, it's Mitch. Thank you for listening to the super more bros podcast. If you are loving this episode and receiving value from it, Please rate or review the podcast as it will help us reach more people. Matt and I appreciate it so much. Now let's get back to it. Love it, dude. And I, I see it all the time with people's content, with what you're saying, that basically they just treat food like fuel. And I think what you're referring to is, no, food is not just fuel. It's an experience with my grandma. It's an experience with my family on Sunday to have these huge Italian spreads. I mean... So many people are just plastering that food is fuel, food is fuel. So I love to see that. But you referred to, you said you can easily just pick apart these mistakes. Me as a fitness coach, I'd love to hear, like, what is the biggest mistake you see with people producing fitness content? <laughs> oh, man. Um, so you do a great job of actually speaking to the camera, I will say that I will give you a big props is that you've learned this early on. Like you actually speak to the camera because guess who's on the other end of the camera, a human being, right? You're not out there shaking your ass and pointing at the fucking screen, doing all these stupid little dances and not talking to anyone and not helping anyone, right? Like you do a great job of actually speaking to someone who needs help. And you also do a really good job of making something so difficult, stupid, simple, right? Like I see all the time on your Twitter, like you're posting about like benching or deadlifting and like um, something like, like a little, little tip, right? Again, we overlook the basics because we're trained for complexity. As society, we are trained for complexity and things need to be hard. And oh, this is difficult. Like this is super, super hard to do. But even the simplest tips that you give, like to anyone, it's like, oh yeah, that's good. Like what fitness coach is going to hate on that? It's like, yeah, that's true. Like that's a good, that's a good tip. And someone brand new they're like, oh, I can, I can implement that today. I'm actually deadlifting today. Like, that's a great tip, right? The number one mistake, as I, as I said before, that fitness coaches make is speaking to other coaches because, like I said, they're not the ones paying you and you need to speak to the people that need your help the most. The other thing people do wrong in the fitness space is they sound too smart, right? Like I talked about before, like no one cares about how smart you are. They don't care about how much knowledge you have, Right. To other coaches, you think that's important because you want them to, uh, to to validate you. Now, I will say this. If you are a coach who is educating other coaches on the science of certain things, amazing. Nine times out of 10, you're serving gen pop people who have no clue what these complex topics are. They just know they're 75 pounds overweight and they eat cookies late at night, right? You need to fix that problem, right? Not all these other high level problems that you think they have. No, you need to actually help them with certain things that they are struggling with, like the pain points that they have. So 
those two things is sounding too smart and also speaking to other coaches. Um, number three, let's just make this abundantly clear. Stop doing all this trending bullshit on TikTok and reels. Like, stop. Like, honestly, you're not, you're not helping anyone. If, if I come to your page, I'm going to make this abundantly clear. If you are a coach or anyone on, on social media and I come to your page and all I see is you posting a workout video or you posting um, a trending sound to a trending audio or pointing or dancing or shaking your fucking ass, like you're not helping anyone. You're not. That goes for the guys too. Like flexing your biceps and flexing your, your back and like showing how huge you are and big you are. Cool. Like amazing. If there's people that want to look like you, great. Like then you help those people. But most people that I work with, they're doing all those wrong things because it feeds their ego and they want all the people to think that they look good, right? Amazing. You look great, right? The people that you want to work with though, like they don't want to look like you. They want to get out of the pain that they're in. They want to be able to play with their kids more, right? There's a big difference also, and I will say this too, for fitness coaches in, I think most people that are in the fitness space probably shouldn't have a business. Like if you enjoy working out, amazing. There's a difference between enjoying working out a lot versus actually wanting to help people and run a business, right? Yeah. That, 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 and, and that's the truth. Like, and, and for some people, like they, they, they disagree. They're like, I can, I can work out a lot and, and run a business really. Cause you're working out fucking three hours a day. You can run a business on that. Like three times seven, that's 21 hours a week working out. Like you don't think if you maybe just worked out one hour a week and the other 14 hours you spent on your business, you can get further, but no, we have to work out more. We have to, you know, and again, if you're in prep, amazing. Like I get that. But like, otherwise, if you're recreationally just working out like, and you want to build a business, that's going to be tough to do. Right. So I think most people in the fitness space, if you enjoy working out more so than you do running a business, you're not a business owner. Like you're an enthusiast. Amazing. Like maybe you can work with a few clients, but like there's a difference between having a business too in the fitness space of like actually building out a fucking team of people versus like taking on 80 clients yourself and being overwhelmed. And in two years from now saying, fuck all this. Those are incredible tips, man. You, <laughs> you just have me laughing over here. Cause you see, it, I mean, you're so right. You just see those things all the time. It's, it's uh yeah, you're spot on with that. Um, so that kind of transitions perfectly into, okay, let's say there's a fitness coach out there, or I say an aspiring fitness coach who has basically no following. They want to get into, you know, getting clients and start marketing their services. Um, you know, one thing that I always talk about with my brother is, and you mentioned Christian and Max, uh, Christian and Max, um, you know, when we were just getting started, I was like, I told him, I was like, dude, I was like, just look at it this way. Go back and look at Christian Guzman and Max Tuning. Look at their first YouTube videos. It's like a 12 second clip of Max deadlifting. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget what his first video is. And then Christian, it's something I don't even remember. Like he's recording himself studying or something for, for college. Like, yep. you know, you just, one, you just got to start. Okay. Like you just have to get started. But for that aspiring fitness coach who has no, nothing right now, but they want to get there. What is your number one uh, recommendation or what are a few things that they should do? Yeah. And this is not only for fitness coaches, this is for everyone. Like anyone in the, in 2022 and 2023 that like wants to crush it on the online space and you want to put content out, like you don't just have to be a fitness coach for this to be applied to you. Right. Like, like you just said, we're like, they just started, like it was of him studying. It was of him doing this. It wasn't, it wasn't perfect. And that's the thing is like, 
imperfect action will lead to you building momentum to then putting out more and to crafting who you want to be and to building what you want to do and to whatever it is you desire. Right. And so the way I look at it is just start like most people. They're like, well, I need to have a nice camera. I need to have a really fancy camera. I need to have, you know, a $3,000 camera with a really nice lens. It's like, no, you don't. You have a phone. You can start with, with that. Excuse me. You can start with your phone. And that's like, dude, like when, when I first worked with Zach, he built his entire business off of his phone for the first three years. And he had like the iPhone 7, the iPhone 7 <laughs> Plus. Like, what are we on, the 14 now? There's no reason. There's no reason to not start. Like, these cameras are stupid. Yeah. Like, the iPhone 14 Plus has like a 48 megapixel camera now. Like, that's absurd. It takes beautiful photos. Like, not only that, but like you can make videos with that. You can put content out at scale, literally at your fingertips. Like this is legitimately a computer. You can do everything you need to do there. Like what you're going to get from me isn't any different. Like this, this is what you talked about before. We were like, well, people need to, they're going to buy this thing now and then go to this uh, course, go to this mastermind or do this, like to get more, get more, get more. Like you don't need any of that. You don't need to, to learn more. You know what you need to do, but like, you want to learn more because you think that's what you need to do. When in reality, it's like you got to stop the thinking and just do. That's it. Like that, that's legitimately it. And as simple as I can say, like I know it's going to sound tough for most people. Like, well, I, well, what do I do? Like, well, what do I want to do? Well, what what do you want to do? Right? Like that's a great question. Like if I was coming to you, Matt, it's like, well, what do you want to do, man? Well, I want to help people. Cool. With what? So do I. It's like, well, I want to help people lose weight because they're overweight and I want, I want to help men become more confident because um, let's just face it, men in society aren't as strong as they should be and I think that they should be a little bit more stronger mentally and physically and I, amazing. You know exactly who you're speaking to, right? Like you got more clear on who exactly you want to speak to. Cool. So what can we start putting out content-wise that would help men get more stronger mentally and get more stronger physically? Maybe we put out some workout videos. Maybe we get them some training videos to help them understand like, hey, if you're new to the gym, like you can start with this. Um, hey, if you're new to the gym and you want to find a, uh, an exercise that recruits the most amount of muscle fibers for one exercise, that's going to help you with kind of everyday life. Let's start with squatting. Let's do deadlifts. Let's do this. Let's do that, right? Like let's replace this type of food with this, right? Also understanding your ideal client. Like what are they doing all the time? Maybe they're alone. Maybe they're men who um, didn't grow up with a father, Maybe they don't have that father figure in their life. And maybe you can be that light for them. I'm not saying you have to be a father figure for them, but like you can be a light for them. And this gets all the whole psychology of like understanding your ICA and like your ideal client and who you speak to, right? Like Mitch, like maybe there's men out there that struggle financially with money and stuff. It's like, well, why? Like, did they grow up in a certain way where money um, was like everyone had to be really frugal and like any dollar we made, we had to like spend it immediately. And so your relationship with money's poor, like, like, like tell me any like anyone that can relate to that everyone can relate to that shit right like like any any one of those like for both of you and this is just for me knowing you guys on twitter and it's like but also understand like the amount of content you put out it's like you speak specifically to one single person right like you know exactly who you're speaking yeah. to that's it and my advice for anyone that's just starting for any single person that is just starting making content speak to one person every single time every time you hit post as long as one person got help from that, it was a fucking home run, right? I had someone come up to me the other time. I'm going to tell you a little story on this. They're like, well, what if I put out a video and it gets seen by, you know, tens of thousands of people? Like, oh my gosh. I'm like, that's amazing. But I'm like, <laughs> we shouldn't be focused on that. We shouldn't focus on like the tens of thousands of people or the hundreds of thousands or the million. Focus on the one. 
Because I promise you, when people are watching your content, right, and you're speaking to a really, really specific pain point, a problem that they have, guaranteed they're not huddled around with their other friends. Guaranteed they're at at night on their in their bed laying down watching your content or they're at work or they're trying to discreetly watch it while they're in the bathroom right because they don't want anyone to hear them being called out in their shit right but you doing that and you helping them with that is amazing right you have to do that over and over and over again and you have to speak to the camera that's my number one tip to you you have to speak to the camera if you're brand new to making content start by speaking to the camera the hardest thing for you to do is to talk and make a video i get it if you can get that hard part out of the way, it's just like talking to my father. If you can get that hard part out of the way, everything else is easy for you, right? Whether that's on YouTube, whether that's on Instagram Reels, whether that's on TikTok, whatever that is, you have so many avenues right now to make content and to be able to succeed on video, right? Don't waste it. It's 2022. It's almost 2023. Do not waste the opportunity that video content has right now in this world, right? And I would also say this. What you guys are doing right now with podcasts, phenomenal. Like this is a long form channel and this is great. That's exactly what I'm going to be doing. You're dominating on Twitter and you will continue to. And I want you guys to move to TikTok whenever that is. Um, but like <laughs> you're good. Own a long form channel, right? If you're brand new to making content, if you're brand new to the whole social media space, focus on a long form channel right now. YouTube, podcasts, written articles that do really well from an SEO perspective. Anything long form. You can write long form on Facebook anything, right? Because again, what matters most? I'd rather you spend 30 minutes listening to a podcast than 30 seconds watching my Instagram videos. It's more time. Mm -hmm. Your number one currency for me and in life is your time. I can't get that back from you, right? I'd rather, I, I'd rather you spend 30 minutes with me on this podcast. And by the way, anyone that's listening right now up until this point, thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening with Mitch and Matt and I. If you spend 30 minutes with me here on this podcast, I'd rather take that versus you watching 30 of my Instagram videos because you're spending more time with me. You're getting to know me more. Like you're getting more inflection on my voices. Like you're, you're seeing me live on video. Like you're, you're spending more time with me as a human. You're just a fly on the wall. On Instagram, like that's just a little snapshot, right? But again, I think it's important to yeah. own a long form. Like I said, podcast, YouTube, um, written article, however. Also, a short form channel, specifically video. Reels, TikTok, um, even Facebook's now moved to Reels. Um, I would prefer you to have Instagram and TikTok because that forced you to get on video and also forced you to put on content at speed. The other thing, and this is the most important thing, is to have an email list, right? Mainly because what happens when Instagram and TikTok goes down? I know what the other fitness influencers do. They freak out, right? When, when there's a glitch with TikTok, when there's a glitch with... You know, you know what's funny? You know what happens when Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok go down? Where do they go to, to bitch about it? Twitter. <laughs> everyone does. A am I right? Like, I know, I know yeah. you guys see it. When everyone freaks out, what's the number one thing that's trending? Hashtag Instagram down. Hashtag TikTok down. And what are people doing? Oh my God, when's it coming back? Oh my God, is it being slow for you too? Oh my gosh, is, is, is TikTok not uploading? Oh my gosh, is, is our Instagram stories down too? Yes, they're down too, Becky. Yep. They're down two for me. Right. Instead of freaking the fuck out, maybe we do a good job of building our email list, building our owned media, right? Something that we actually own. We don't own Facebook. We don't. Mark Zuckerberg owns Facebook. He owns Instagram, right? We don't own those channels. What do we actually own? We own our email list, right? 
So maybe, Becky, next time we do a better job of moving those people to our email list. Well, how do we do that? Great question. That's where we give them incentives to join. Is there something for free you can give them? Maybe, Mitch, is there a, um, a free template for them to help track their finances for the month that you can give them? Matt, is there a workout program that, they can get, they, that, that you can give them for the month that they can succeed for October, right? And I don't know, like there's, there's many different ways. Actually, Mitch, I really like that. Like a financial tracker for the month. I think that's something you should do. Um, like, is there something that you can give people to, to, to then give them an incentive to sign up for your email list? Cause it's like, Oh wow. Like if I'm getting this on the email list, like what else can I get? You know? And it's like, again, just giving. That's the other thing too. And this is the final thing. Give, just give shit to people, help them. That's it. Like just, just help people. Give, 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 then ask. Ideally, mm. you should give so much that people are compelled to want to work with you without you even asking. Right? You should give so yeah. much free shit away, all of it, that people are so compelled that they're like, how the fuck can I work with you? Like, please, for the love of God, <laughs> just take my money. Like, I don't care what the price is. Like, you've helped me so much with all these tips. I don't care what the price is. Like, I want to work with you. Like, that's, that's great. And that's powerful. Love it, dude. That's a ton of heat. For anybody listening, you guys are getting hooked up right now. But, um, I mean, a ton to unpack there, bro. But I want to talk about, you said speak to one person. And what I've found that everyone in the fitness space, maybe even outside the fitness space, I'm not sure. I'm in the fitness space, obviously, is we either want to help our past self or help someone else in our life who struggle with something. If our grandpa struggled with diabetes, that's why we get into this because we want to help our grandpa. Um, or we want to help our past self who, like for me, I was skinny, struggling to put on size. That's that's the guy I want to help. And I know I can get better at speaking to one person. So I just wanted to drop that in there because I've found that that's, that's literally everyone. It's either your past self or someone else in your life. Um, a question I want to have I have for you, dude, is I get this all the time is people say it's saturated. The content is saturated. They say, I see everyone talking about protein, calories, weight loss, or, you know, just any topic in general. They just say it's saturated. What, what would your answer to that be? I love that. I love whenever people are like, oh my gosh, Instagram is so saturated. TikTok so saturated with the exact same information. You're right. Cool. So what makes you special? Right. And they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, well, well, what do you think you could do differently? Like if everyone's doing the exact same thing with presenting the exact same information, like maybe we present it a different way. Right. Mind you, like I will say this, and I'm always a big proponent of this. Just because something is said to someone 27 times about protein, maybe they don't understand it. Right. But your 28th time of doing a skit on protein resonates with them. Because why? You're, you're essentially putting yourself in their shoes and you're modeling their behaviors and you're modeling the way that they would say something or that the way that they would act. And when you can match how someone is, they resonate with it more. Because, because essentially what happens then there is, oh my gosh, they're, they're exemplifying the exact same behaviors that I do. Oh, there's that one little switch that they made. That's what I need to do. I'm not saying you have to make skits, but what I'm saying is you have to differentiate yourself. The entire marketplace is saturated. That's nothing new. Instagram is saturated. TikTok is saturated. YouTube is saturated. All of it is saturated, right? How do you differentiate yourself? Package it differently, right? That's what I say with content. I say the, like, for, for example, I say the exact same things over and over again. Gary Vee says the exact same things 
over and over again, right? What's different? The way that it's packaged, right? The way that it's said. The 28th time for someone might resonate with them, right? But again, like, you, you and, and for, for example, like, Matt, you're the same person. Mitch, you're the same person. You guys wear different outfits all the time, but it's still you, right? Same thing with your content. It's still you. It's just the way it's presented is differently. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And, and that's the thing, like, not everyone sees every piece of your content either. You know, like, you know, if you're saying the same thing as everyone else or, or you feel like you've already said that in the past in your content, it's like, you know, the, your new followers didn't see it. And, you know, not everyone sees the content that you post in the algorithm. Like people, some people are going to miss it, you know? So it's like, it's okay to repetitively send the same message because they may hear you exactly like you said, better than they hear somebody else. Um, yeah. So I'm curious, man. Uh, where, what's the what's the end goal? What's the what's the dream for you? You know, you're a videographer for fitness coaches right now. Um, you know, where are you currently? But what's the what's the end vision? Yeah, so end vision for me, I ideally want to build out like a full agency to where I have editors, filmers, everything, and my entire role is essentially like the last person that everything gets checked through and sent off to people. Um, I have calls with with clients and stuff and I, and I do this now like understanding strategy um like cool like what's going on with content are we happy with it um and everything um and so for me that's essentially my goal is build out an entire agency to where i have let's say you're a brand new fitness coach cool like you come into my ecosystem um and i have a course that you take and helps you get to up to speed on social and everything for you to do really 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 well cool like I understand my role. Like I will never help people with, and I, I actually don't want to say never. Um, I'm not a business coach, right? I'm just not, I'm not a business coach. I am great with content and understanding um, strategy with all that to help you be able to build your business with content and social media. Um, I probably could help people from a business perspective with just stuff that I know. Um, but I choose to stay in my own lane for the time being. And so my goal is to, like I said, just build out an agency, um, work with a lot of higher level fitness businesses, people who have like a lot of teams um, predominantly just work with the CEOs of these companies and understand like, cool, what's the strategy for this month of content? Um, even next month, like can we get ahead on it? Like marketing calendar um, and just essentially like help people with their content and get more presence out there for people and build their brand, build their personal brand and build their social media and everything. And mind you, like this is just for the next year um, that could totally evolve to something else. Uh, but that's like the next forefront. Gotcha. That's awesome, man. So who's, who's your ideal client then for this, you know, vision that you have or the, the business you're doing right now? Who's that person? The, I mean, the people that I work with now, like, like all the people that I work with, like are my ideal people. Um, I, I yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't really have like a ideal. I actually, actually I mean, I, I do like, let me correct myself. The people that I work with now are my ideal people. Um, ideally if you are someone who's like a fitness business and like um whether you have a team or not but like you want to increase your social presence um obviously like more lead generation um building out youtube podcast like all of it i want to be everything for you like youtube podcast instagram reels tiktok like everything um so any person in the fitness industry who's you know higher level business owner um or maybe even just like a coach but i just the reason i don't say coaches is because i know certain coaches like you just don't have the financial capacity and like it's just you like you're a solopreneur so that's a difference um versus saying like a actual business um so that's essentially who i'd want to work with um 
I like I, I, it's funny. I'm a massive Justin Bieber fan, and so um, outside of the fitness industry, like outside of like the fitness world, my dream person to work with is Justin Bieber. <laughs> there you go, man. There you go. You can get him. That's serious, and I and, and I own it. Yeah, and I own it. Is there? A, I've seen a guy that I feel like I know who is the videographer. Matt Como. Is it? Uh, yes. No. Are, uh, Oh, no, ahead. it's uh, it's uh, Rory Kramer. Gotcha. Okay. Did Como do some work with him? Did, are, you're probably familiar. He did. Yeah, he, he he did. And so Matt actually did work with Christian Guzman too. Um, yeah. So like like if you've ever seen Christian Guzman's like summer shredding intro videos that are just like they look stupid, that's mm-hmm. Matt. Like like they just look ridiculous. Like that he's done that, <laughs> and then like Nabil's done the other editing and filming. Um, but Matt actually he's done some stuff with Rory, um, with Rory, and um, I believe the other guy's Evan too. Um, so those are all like Beavers kind of video guys. Pitch him, dude. Just pitch him. Have you tried yet? No, I need to. So last year, actually, I kept in contact. I, I I'm a. I'm a beast in just the, like, the DM world. Like not like n- not even just cold DMs, but just understand like how to build relationships in the DMs. Like phenomenal platform. Um, so it's, it's actually funny. Uh, so I'll tell you a story. So like Roy Kramer, if I've been in contact with him for like years, but just like exchanging pleasantries and just like replying to his story a lot. Like if you want to get, get on someone's radar, like fucking reply to their story, but like do so in a way that is thoughtful and like shows that you actually have interest, not like a fire emoji. Like no one gives a shit about that. Like actually something of value replying to their story. And like, I've done that a few times to where like he actually replied and was like, dude, thank you so much because he shot some photos. and like, bro, like these are really nice photos. Like, um, I would love to learn like, um, like how you edited these. And like, if you, and it was, it was a specific question about like, like editing photos. And it's like, that's something that's going to spark his interest because it's showing that I actually care and I'm paying attention to the photos and the details of it. So of course it's going to elicit a reply. And so I would just, and that's the key is that when you get a reply from someone, now you've moved from the request to their general inbox. And so whenever you reply, you will always be at the top. If not, again, keeping in mind if, you know, people, other people haven't replied yet, but you will always be like in their inbox where they can read it a lot easier and not have to go to the request. It's one less step, right? So I I just kept in contact with Rory um, for stuff and I'll actually try to read, I'll try to find um, a DM that we, I had sent him recently, uh, actually as of last year. And I know like Bieber had a show in Vegas and I was going to Vegas too. And let me see. Um, oh no, actually, so, so he reached out to me first, which was so weird. So I, I replied to him June 4th, 2021. I said, um, I said, I'm in Chicago. I will come to Southern Indiana in a heartbeat. Cause he was looking for a video person to come to Indiana. He didn't give context, but he was just looking for someone to come to Indiana, which is funny. Um, and <laughs> he sent me a message on June 10th, six days later saying, looking to hire a wedding videographer, July 17th. And I'm like, I, I literally shit my pants. I'm like, Hey man, like I'm actually super open that weekend and I I'm super interested and would love to do it. And I said, here's my cell number. If you want to show me, um, if you want to text me and he's like, do you have any work you could show me? And I'm like, fuck, I had to be super transparent. Cause I'm like, uh, I'm more than happy to send you a list of people that I've worked with. Um, generally all my clients are within the fitness industry. Like I have some, you know, cool montage, whatever, but I don't have any wedding portfolios. Um, but I even said like, I'm happy to just help and do one. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't charge for it type thing. Right. Cause I'm like, I don't have that experience. And also like, I would value more of the relationship. Um, he's like, okay, I, I appreciate your honesty. Um, yada, yada. And, uh, 
this is like my right my my right hook type thing i'm like absolutely man this is june 11th i'm like on a side note i saw justin has a show in vegas the 9th not sure if you're filming that but if you ever need if you need help someone filming or covering that for you um i'll be in vegas that weekend and be, would be more uh than willing to help and assist he didn't reply um <laughs> but it's all good um oh, yeah. it's just you got to be relentless with it like it's just like a relentless pursuit with it but i just know like hey like at least it's it's something i i tried with it um but I'm not going to ever give up on that dream of working with Bieber. Fuck yeah, dude. Hell yeah. So how do you, so for someone who like you see that guy as above you, I'm guessing just in the industry as a general, it's like, how do you, uh, you said you want to add value to people. So like people who are just getting started or lower on the totem pole, like how do they add value to people above them? Because typically their knowledge levels higher, you know, so they can't offer knowledge that way or value that way. So like, how did you, you know, offer value? And 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 this is something that I I want to touch on too, and take it for however you want. I don't ever view someone as above me, right? Because I mm. think when you do that, then you think of yourself as inferior to them. I okay. don't think of Rory as better than me. I don't think of myself as better than him. I think I have things that I can teach him and that I can educate him on, just as equal as he has things he can educate me and teach me on, right? And that's where you build mutual respect. And when you when you approach it like that, you have more confidence, right? As opposed to being more subjected to like, well, I'll do whatever you want, man. I will do whatever I want for you, dude. Like, no, like carry yourself in a way that's like, nope, I have stuff to offer too and stuff that I have to value as well. And like, I know you do too. And so when there's that level of mutual respect, then it's a lot more fruitful a relationship. So for me though, I will say, I have no experience in the wedding world. I mean, that was a while back um, or even in the music industry world. I have no experience with that. So for me, I am willing to not necessarily drop my guard, but drop the ego a little bit more where I'm like, I'm more than willing to learn certain things, right? Like to get to filming Justin Bieber for that, right? If that's new techniques I have to learn, if that's something um, about the music world and if that's a whole new language, like here's my thing. My goal, I want to just film him for like a day or a night. Like I would just love that one experience knowing me that one little shot like could lead to something else though right but i know for me i want to be able to be like how can i do my best for that one opportunity what do i need to know right like there's certain things that i don't know like i do know how to hold a fucking camera i know certain filming obviously like certain things but like what do i need to know and what certain shots do you look for from a filming perspective like for a, a concert whatever right and it's just like offering to be to be to be teachable I think that's that's a big big thing for most people is that like I I am always willing to be able to be taught something right and I think when you get to a point to where you're like I know everything I don't fucking need to learn anything new like you open yourself up to being vulnerable right versus always being open to like you know what I don't know like there's there's a lot of new ideas there's a lot of ideas presented right I'm a lot more open minded I'm not very closed minded and I think in the world that we live in today um, especially on Twitter. There's a lot of people that are closed-minded. There's a lot of people that are very one way. And there's a lot of people that are very, um, they don't want to be challenged on certain things. Nope, I'm open to everything. Like challenge me on something. Like I want to have a dialogue. I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong because then I can learn, right? And so I think when you open yourself up to that and you become teachable and you don't have the ego, things move a lot quicker. I think another thing that I've recognized is when you go to someone, especially for advice and they give you advice, I think if you go show them that you're actually going to take that advice, like if you go take action on their advice then they're more willing to help you again, you can develop that relationship. Cause I've seen like, for me, guys will DM me and 
not crazy far into business, but they would be like, Hey man, like how can I start growing my Twitter or whatever? I'll give them a piece of advice and you know, maybe I follow them or maybe not. And I'll just see, okay, they didn't even use that one piece. I'm not going to give them another one because it's just a waste of my time. So I think just actually taking action um, and I've taken some action on some advice I've gotten recently. I didn't believe in, um, but I just took the action anyway, just because and TBD on the results of it, but we'll see. I was going to say, you're leaving that as an open hook. I feel like I need to know what that is. <laughs> well, so I actually, so Jeremy Newsom, guy from Twitter, love him. Um, we connected and he's just been pouring a ton into me, ton of value. And he told me, Basically, you need to try guerrilla marketing, like get in a public space and do some sort of fitness challenge. And so I was like, all right, perfect. I'm going to go to a college football tailgate and I'm going to take a 200 pound dumbbell. And like, if you can pick it up, like, I don't know, I don't know what the stipulation was going to be. If you can pick it up, like I'll pay you or something like that. Like that was the challenge came on. So I, I got two of my friends. We were going to go. One guy was going to record it. The other guy was just going to help me do the thing, talk to people, whatever. And so we we're driving and we had an hour and a half drive. We're in a construction zone and there was a wreck and we spent two and a half hours. What was supposed to be an hour, an hour drive. We spent two and a half hours driving. So I actually didn't get to do it because when we got there, it was like 30 minutes until kickoff. So I just had to walk in and go straight to the game. No one was tailgating anymore. So I still have to do the action of the challenge, I guess. Stuff like that makes for really good content. Like, have you ever seen where people like that, they'll pull up to a tailgate and like this one dude, he has like a, um, like a pull-up rack. And he's like, if you can do like for every pull-up, I'll give you a dollar. And it's just like, it's great content. Big fan of that. Oh man. There you go. This is from the content king right here. This is coming from the man. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. Well, dude, I appreciate you sharing your story today. Um, I think uh, so many people are going to get a ton of value out of it. Um, You totally dropped some absolute bombs uh, for fitness coaches and even just others who are early in their journey getting into business or maybe somebody who is, you know, banging their head against the wall for, you know, a couple of years as uh, as a fitness coach creating content. So, um, yeah, just thank you again for coming on. Like we are, we absolutely need to have you on for another episode. Appreciate your vulnerability and just sharing your story. Um, if you had to leave, you know, the listeners with one piece of advice, not, it doesn't have to be fitness coach related. It doesn't have to be, you know, content related, anything, just life advice. What's it going to be? Be a fucking shark. Be a fucking shark. Let's go. I'm tweeting that right now. I'm tweeting that right now. Do it. (laughs) That's it. That's the advice. (laughs) I love it, man. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys for listening. If you're still tuned in for this long, just thank you so much. Um, Please share the show. Go check Rico out on Instagram. Is there anywhere else that they could check you out? Maybe your website or anything like that? Don't have a website, um, but... Come check out on TikTok, uh, Rico and Carnati, same thing. Um, I'm going to also do Mitch and Matt a huge favor here and that if you guys did enjoy this episode, um, leave them a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast um, because it does help their podcast grow. And I promise you, you doing that little thing for them means the world to them. Um, Also, let me know in the comments below, like on this podcast and the review, like what was your biggest takeaway? Um, And I I just want to hear, like, if you have any questions or you just want to say, hey, like, I appreciate this episode, 
uh, shoot me a DM on Instagram, tag all of us on your story that you're listening to this episode. Um, but go leave that review on iTunes or wherever the heck you listen to podcasts. Cause it means a lot more than you think. Yes. Yeah, in the absolute world. We appreciate you, bro.